If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hi, we are here for, well, we aren't. Annette's not here. She is in Kansas. Her brother is having heart surgery next week. So she has left me here in charge, which is a scary thing because I'm all by myself. Not really about not being here by myself. But we are live from the Idaho County Veterans Outreach Community Center, whose core mission is to reach out and establish relationships. And there's been a lot of people come, come and go this morning um, at the center. It's a place for veterans and their supporters to meet, eat, and greet. Um, so Annette is in Kansas. Her brother will be having surgery, like I said. So we would cover your prayers for that um, next Monday or Tuesday. We don't have that nailed down yet. But here we are. And we're going to do this with you guys listening. And we appreciate you listeners. And thank you for listening. Right now, we are going to talk to Lucky, who is the center director. And he's going to let us know what his branch of service is and, and some of his responsibilities, which have definitely increased since last year. Well, good morning. We're coming to you live from Idaho. We're in the county seat of Grangeville. This is the Idaho County Community Veterans Outreach and Community Center. My name is Lucky Gallego. I am the director for the center. I am a veteran, United States Marine Corps, 22 years. Retired out as a gunnery sergeant. Last able force that I was able to participate in was force reconnaissance. So let me give you a little bit of insight what we're going on here. And welcome back. Welcome back again. I was on this last year. Yes, you were. So what we do for the community is we actually uh, enable a place for the folks to come in and uh, participate and visit with veterans. When the onset for this program got started, it, it picked off about uh, 2015. And it was an, a concept to have a place for all veterans to come and hang out. Because for the most part, there was no place for the veterans to go to. We have a local senior center and we have three restaurants in town. And if you can imagine that with just a little bit of a small community, it gets pretty congested. So in 2016, after putting all of our puzzles of the, of the well, all the pieces of the puzzle together, we opened up our doors in October. And since then we've had more than 8,000 people cross our thresholds. So we are thriving. We are a nonprofit organization. We are not federally funded or state-minded. We are just a nonprofit organization, and we fend for ourselves with the help of our canteen, generous donations, and contributions to the community. So one of the, a few of the programs that we offer here is that we're the home for the American Legion Post 37, Grangeville, and we're also for the VFW or Veterans of Foreign War, Crady Haven Post 3520, Grangeville. We have neighboring posts within our within our region. Uh, if I like comment, is Whitebird 152 for the American Legion, and that is to the south. And then to the north, we have Cottonwood, which is Post 40, and Craigmount, which is further up, Post 38. 
Another program we offer here for the, uh, for the veterans is we have a veteran support group. We have three able bodies that are mental health first aid responders who have taken 16 hours worth of training, three years apiece, and they conduct or they actually uh, preside over the support group. And we cover anything from sexual trauma to PTSD. And for the most part, we try to break that off from not only the military aspect of the house, but we try to take it on over to the civilian side or the private sector. So we're expanding our program. Another thing that we offer here is that we have two veterans that are actually veteran advocates for the court system here. Again, this is the county seat, which is in the city of Grangeville. And we participate often enough to help out those veterans that go through crisis or go through uh, corrections. Another thing that we offer here is, uh, believe it or not, we have a military ceremonial group. We're called the Camish Prairie Honor Guard. We offer ceremonies for those that are going to post everlasting, which includes funeral and graveside services. And then we also offer inspirational for celebration of life. Okay. Wow. Busy place. This meeting is being recorded. Very busy place. So what, um, what, what brought you to Grangeville? Actually, it was, uh, it was the hookup between, well, when I say hookup, it was the meeting between myself and Jenny Cash. Okay. Jenny Cash is the, is the founder for the Idaho County Veterans Outreach and uh, Community Center. Okay. We met up at an American Legion conference down in Mountain Home. Oh, really? Back in 2015. And she had pitched the idea to me, and I was living in McCall at the time. I was doing recovery for the police department. Um. For the most part, I thought it was a genuine idea. I handed it on the idea that we couldn't get it together fast enough. But in the spare time, both of us had hectic schedules. We would meet up later on in the summer and figure out what we're going to do. Well, it didn't take long. <laughs> so that the pieces of the puzzle came together, as I had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, after making some refinements to the interior of the building, right. upgrades to the walls and not only that, the fixtures, and then sporting a bar in, in a... Uh, and what they call a wet bar, which is the sink, uh, we opened up our doors. Mm-hmm. One year later, we started our construction for the canteen, which is the kitchen, to offer food for the veterans and the community. Mm-hmm. And it took us 45 days to get it going because we were under a deadline. Right. So we got it completed, up and running, and it's been full function since. Wow. Everything that we have here has been donated to us. The only thing that we have purchased is our mind and our souls. Wow. So, so, and just to let you guys know, because we're not on Facebook today, but there are tables, chairs, um, and nice, comfortable furniture. There is a screen, big screen television. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's shelves of books, bookshelves everywhere with books on them. There's even bingo prizes and there is military, um, Memorabilia. Yeah, because I can't say that word. Everywhere along the walls. And it's just a very comfortable place. We're hooked up by the coffee pot that is very popular. <laughs> and one's already been been filled. And, um, and, co- and 
and just a very, very comfortable place to come. Now, Jenny is, she was the founder, but she's all, what was her branch of service? She was United States Army. Army. She okay. retired out after 30 years as the major. Okay. And she is now the marketing and events coordinator. Yes. yes, and she was. She wasn't here this morning. She walked out as we were walking in, but I told her I'm nailing her for next year interview because this is twice that Lucky's had to do it. So, hopefully that will come to pass. But who knows? Also, and tomorrow um, you are having a Veterans Day Patriots Ball. Why don't you speak about yes, that? Yes, we are. So here, starting at five o'clock, over at the Elks, which is 1825 in the city of Grangeville, we are putting on what we call the Patriot, I would call it the Veterans Day Patriots Ball. And what that's going to focus around is a Veterans Day celebration. With an added touch, we're going to do a birthday celebration for the United States Marine Corps because they're looking at 244 years right. come the 10th. So what we have to offer is an evening of fun. We got live music with uh, a couple of Entertainers from the White Bird area. And then we'll have raffling of prizes. Of course, we'll have food there. And then as far as the dancing, entertainment, and the community actions that we usually have whenever you get people together, including mm -hmm. veterans, it's all family-friendly, and it will be for all ages. Okay. So um, cocktails and finger food start at 5? At 5 p.m., that's correct. Dinner, 6.30. That's correct. Okay, live music at eight. You got it. Uh huh. And um, I think there's only like six tickets left here, but they can buy tickets at the door. They sure can. Okay, at thirty-five dollars per yep. person. Okay. We have ten in reserve. Okay. We actually wanted to get a hundred, a hundred tickets sold. I think we've met that and surpassed it. Surpassed so. <laughs> it. So you, have you almost got to capacity then? Yes, we have. You have. That's awesome. I, I think that's speaks to how much this community has supported the Veterans Center. Oh, without a doubt. The, the, the entire veteran community and the community itself has been so receiving and giving to both of us. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just great. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I can't say enough about it. Again, we're a nonprofit organization. So to have that happen right smack dab in the middle of a community. Yeah. And then... To see where we're at now speaks speaks volumes. So. so are you, as far as expanding, are you looking at another building? Because I don't know that there's any room here to Oh, I've, I'm running out of room because yeah. I'm the county veteran service officer, and right. I ended up taking what we called the collection area and turned it into an office. Okay. Because i gotta have, I got to have security, and I have to have secrecy. Right. And it's not because I work for the, for the county, but... There is information that I can't pass out or can't be heard by right. anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I secured that. And with all the stuff we had in there, we had to go ahead and purchase a uh, storage locker. In this case, we got ourselves a building, mm -hmm. which is mobile. But for the most part, that's going to take a chunk out of our chain. Yeah. So, but we can handle it. Okay. I mean, it's, an, it's a necessity and it's, yeah, it's also a service that is being offered to the veterans, mm -hmm. not only here, but further north or further south, depending right. on where they want to go. Okay. So you're you're pretty pretty strong in support for this community, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate what you do for uh, the VFW and the Veterans Center and also that first responder training and everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate that. And thank you for serving. Thank you for serving for me 
and my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren whenever that happens because I appreciate your service and I thank you for that. I appreciate the support and understand I wasn't up on age. I sure the heck would do it again. I know. And that's at last year when we did these interviews, that's what each one said. Yeah. Each one. And we, in our mental health um, service, um, we also have veterans. And that is a consistent, consistent message that we get from them too. Yeah. In, a, in, a parting, in a parting comment, may not be in the military uniform, but I'm still serving. Exactly. And a lot of us here. Do. Yes, you are. And we appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you, Lucky. I think we have our first interview person. All right. Okay. Thank, thank you thank so you. much. Mm -hmm. And we're our first interview person is going to come up here and take over right now. And he's a chief warrant officer. And he's going to get these headsets on. Just put the headset on. Uh-oh. Lucky told him something, and now he's laughing. Okay, I'm going to turn you on. You are now on. So I need your name. Your Earl, name? Earl Barnes. Earl. Okay, and what branch did you serve in, Earl? Navy. Navy. And your rank when you retired? Chief Warrant Officer. Chief Warrant Officer. Okay, how long, were you, how long did you serve? 21 years. 21 years. All right, ah. so you heard Magic. him. Okay, so we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing, from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email 
to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All righty. So, again, Myrna is the only one here. Annette is doing some family business back in Kansas. But right now with me is Earl. He served in the Navy as a chief. He retired as a chief warrant officer, and he was there for 21 years. So, Earl, you are on. What do you want to tell America and the world about Earl and his well, I, 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 I just did my time. I was in submarine service. Okay. And then I went to become a diver. And I become an, I went, uh, we thought I was in special ops. In special ops? Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about any of that? Not really. Not really. I agree. I dove off submarines. You dove off submarines. Okay. So I don't, I don't like water. So how did, I mean, that was... To me, that's amazing because you dove off submarines. So, um, so what made you go into special ops then? Uh, it's different. It was different. Yeah, kind of a challenge, you know. It would have been a challenge, absolutely. How long were you in special ops? He's, he's I think four, four to five years. Four to five years, and that was then you retired. Yeah. So when you went into, why did you choose Navy? Uh, I, I don't, I just did, I guess. I don't know. I just decided I wanted to join the service. And, and uh, I was having problems with my high school principal. I had a brother and a sister behind me. So I says, ah, I'm going to quit, join the service. So I did. At what age? 17. 17. So did your parents have to sign you in yes. at 17? Okay. My mother signed for your me. Your mother signed for you. Yeah. So at 17, you joined the Navy. And you did boot camp where? San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Then I went to Ingeman School, and then I went in the submarine service. Okay. I was not necessarily on submarines all the time, but it was submarine service. Okay. I was on one, two, three, four, five different submarines. And it's been a tour on the... Uh, You're fine. You're fine. Just keep going. On the ASR, which is a summary rescue ship. Uh-huh. Because we was deep divers. And then uh, it's been a tour. It did two tours at the training tank. One full tour and, and then one as uh, assistant officer in charge for about six, eight months. Mm -hmm. And then I went to special ops. Okay. So what 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 can you share about your service? Well, we was diving a thousand feet or I was. So we uh the group I was in nineteen I believe it was nineteen seventy, seventy one, we was diving a thousand feet. Wow. And uh Thousand foot dive takes eleven days to get back up for decompression, but uh, that's then I over in Vietnam we wait a minute, wait a minute. so you dove a thousand feet yeah and and it took you eleven days to decompress then yes so you would come up slowly and then they would put you in a decompression chamber yeah they would would be in a they put us in a capsule oh okay. and put us in a chamber. And then we'd be there for 11 days. Mm, okay. And wow. Your blood okay. boils if you come up too fast. Right. Okay. 
So, wow. Then I spent a tour in Vietnam. I was in during the Korean War, but I didn't get to Korea. Mm -hmm. They sent me to the East Coast, and I spent a lot of time chasing Russian submarines with our submarines and stuff okay. like that. But uh, ended up in special ops, and it was different. Uh, we're doing some crazy things, but it was fun. And it was we crazy survived. and fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, they they decided one time that they could. They had a strong sonar. And they could take that and keep from swimmers from swimming out to the a hull okay. and putting charges on it. So they asked for some volunteers to test it, see if it would work. So I did that. And it won't work. <laughs> you can get close. It hurts. Don't get me wrong. It hurts. But in combat or wartime, yeah, you could do it. Right. It's just hurt, but you could do it. Mm -hmm. So we proved that theory won't work. So. Keep, we'll keep the swimmers away, well, but you okay. can do it. And then I held, I, I set a world diving record. Oh, I was at 925 feet out in the ocean. And uh, we set the record at 850, but I was 925. And it's black down there. I, you yes, you can't see anything. And you take a light and you turn the light on, and the shape of the lens looks like a stovepipe. If it's hexagon light, uh -huh. you get a hexagon light going, light out. going out. But you can't see how far you are. See, right. there's nothing down there to see. So just like hold it out like like a stovepipe. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, it was fun, different. A lot of guys. So why did you go down that deep? Uh, just to see, to see if we if could. could? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See if you can survive. But we had hot water suits. The wetsuits were hot, had hot water coming to us. And, uh, if I remember, it's about 110 degrees, the water coming. And it would, had, uh, for your arms, it had hoses come down with little holes in it. Mm -hmm. So you could control the flow of water. Oh, okay. Keep you warm. So what's cold? So how cold was it down at 925 feet? Pardon? How cold was it down at 925? Hey, water's probably 28. Oh, wow. Mm. But, you know, we was warm and the right. hot water hot coming water, down. Yeah. And let's see. After I said the training tank teaching uh, people how to escape off of submarines if they get sunk or get hurt, you know, right. something happens uh -huh. to them on the bottom within reason for depth. I made some couple of submarine escapes. Uh, I did one off of a British submarine, see if that would work. And did it and, work? Yeah, it worked. Okay. And that was quite a thrill. As I was coming out the escape trunk, I looked back and the light is moving forward and getting smaller. Oh, wow. It was up in the office, up in Scotland. And uh, water, that water was cold. I bet it was. And all we had on was uh, just bathing suits. And that was in the summertime, but that water deep was mm -hmm. cold. It was cold. It would be that deep. Yeah. yeah. And then. So what, what, why did you retire at 21 years? Uh, well, my oldest child was getting to the point I wanted her to be able to go to high school a couple of years and graduate. Uh -huh. So 
I didn't want to, I was due to be transferred between junior and senior, her junior and senior year. Okay. So I decided that I was going to get out so she could have three years in one school. Okay. Because, you know, for kids, you know, they, I know a lot of kids that their dad would get transferred and they got one year in a high school. Well, you know, that's not really fair. So I just got out. Well, good for you. Thinking of your family because they've well, served too. Oh yeah. Are you yeah. still, are you still married? Oh yeah. 63 years. 63. Yeah. Wow. Your wife served well then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Still is. <laughs> well, is there anything you want to say to the world? About, to the world? To the world. Oh, wow. About this great United States. Well, the, the, the government of these, the world countries are going to have to start working together. Yes. There's the modern warfare is getting so, so explosive that you can wipe a whole country out. You're right. You can. So we're going to have to learn to work together. Mm-hmm. And quit this border fighting over the borders. Right. Yes. We had some Americans lose some innocent lives this week, didn't we? Yeah. 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 So, okay. So is is that anything else? Uh, no. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for serving. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And you continue to serve our country because you never stop. Yeah. You never stop. Well, I have our, I have our, I guess our third person sitting here ready to go on. So Earl, thank you for serving and thank you for sharing on the radio. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. I have Miss Connie here. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. So just kind of tell us your name, your, your, who you, the branch that you served and um, where, what you were, how many years you served. Okay, I'm, I'm Connie Diane Workman, and I served in the Air Force Nurse Corps for 20 years. Okay, you might need to speak up a little bit, Connie. Okay. <clears throat> My voice is a little hoarse today from okay. breaking leaves, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was with the first group of Air Force nurses that went to Vietnam and set up a 260-bed field hospital. Wow. First group of, of nurses that went to Vietnam to yeah, set up. Yeah. 15 of us nurses went over there to set up a 260-bed field hospital. Wow. We lived in tents and worked in tents for about nine months. Okay. And then we, we graduated to Quonset huts. You to Quonset huts, huh? <laughs> yeah, Which was better, huts or, not, or tents? Huts were, were a little better. Were a little better? Yeah. Okay. So, how old were you when you um, decided to, to enlist? I, I knew when I was in nursing school that I, <clears throat> I wanted to serve at least two years in the military branch. Uh-huh. Uh, I was born on Veterans Day. Oh, really? Yes. So, so your birthday's just like around the corner. Around the corner. And when I was little, my dad used to take me into town and tell me how important I was because they put the flags up just for my birthday. So it wasn't until I got to school that I realized that it was a patriotic day for Uh veterans. Yeah. And then when I got into like nursing school, I felt it was always wrong that men got drafted and women didn't have to be. Mm -hmm. 
and and I kind of felt that <clears throat> that uh, women should serve just like they do in Israel, and so I I knew I was going to join, uh, but I wasn't sure which service. And mm -hmm. then we had recruiters come to Deaconess School of Nursing, and uh, uh, I liked the way the the Air Force nurse talked, and so immediately after she left, I went down to the Air Force recruiting station and signed up. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I knew I knew I had to pass my state boards before I could go into the service. Right. So, so um, yeah, December 11th, 1964, uh, I, I was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Air Force Nurse Corps. And then I went into the Air Force 11 April of 65. Okay. So tell me what it was like to be a woman and a nurse in Vietnam? It was uh, fairly chaotic. Uh, uh, the one thing I, I missed in, in that year I was there, there are many wonderful things that happened to me, but the one thing as, as a, one of 15 women on a base of 6,000 men was that you had no privacy. It, if you were walking down some sand right <laughs> sand pile or whatever men would always come and say oh can you talk to me for a minute and i love the, the smell of your perfume and blah blah mm -hmm. blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and uh, and then we were you know we were quartered for four nurses to a tent and so the odds were you really had to spend no no time alone exactly and even when i would go to the beach to say oh be nice just to be alone and soak up the sun here you know there was always somebody who came down the down the path, and, right? And you didn't have to talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but uh, I remember particularly we were told to bring our uh, personal effects for one year, and so you brought like your deodorant and lipstick and all those kinds of things. But it, like it was 120 degrees in those tents during the day. Oh my goodness! And so my lipstick would only last maybe one month or right whatever before it melted. And and I I used to smile when I walked down the the tents. I I, I usually had well, like a, I worked nights and I had like 120 patients with two corpsmen, and I mentioned, oh, there goes my last tube of lipstick. And in two weeks, I would have like 20 tubes of pink lipstick, <laughs> not not orange, not red, pink. pink. <laughs> I could have been hot lip, hot lips no <laughs> in another war, but, uh -huh. <laughs> but I, it was amazing. It, it, whether it was you know guys that were married and, and asked their wife to send lipstick, or guys that were single and, and wrote their mothers to send pink lipstick, I, I don't really know. Uh -huh. But I always had in two weeks at least twenty or twenty-four tubes of pink lipstick. Pink lipstick. <laughs> That's neat. Well, they were taking care of you. They were. They were. They cared about their Connie. Yeah. So, um, I also, did you go out, did you see, have to go out into any of the action or did you stay within, within the kinds of tents and stuff? No. Cameron Bay was probably one of the safest Good. bases in, in Vietnam. I, I'm, we, we took care of casualties, but they were usually treated by the army before we got them. Oh, okay. And so we did a lot of debriefing of wounds, you know, surgical patients, that, that sort of thing. And we got a lot of hepatitis, malaria, and psych patients. Mm. And, um, mm. and I, I admire the, the Army nurses that were in those MASH units because they, 
they saw a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we didn't have to we didn't have to really see all that in where, where I was stationed in the Air Force at Cameron Bay. It was I think later on it became a, a luxury site in in, uh, oh. in Vietnam. Yeah. I thought about going back 50 years after I was there just to see how it all changed, but, mm-hmm. but uh, then I decided, no, I don't, I don't want to go back there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you had, you had done your time. I had done my time. You had done your time. So how was it, um, Connie, when you, when you came back to America as a Vietnam vet? Well, it was not good. We were supposed to land at Travis Air Force Base, and due to fog, we had to land in San Francisco. Okay, and and I remember getting off that plane, <clears throat> barely getting into the airport, and there were three guys, and I don't know what they called themselves in them in those days. You know, they rang the little tambourines or or whatever. They were okay. kind of a cult, yeah. cult thing. Okay, and I remember them looking at my uniform and saw my Vietnam medals, mm-hmm. and one of them proceeded to spit on me. Oh my goodness! And. Uh, I remember clenching, <laughs> clenching my fist, and I wanted to punch him in the nose. But I told him, I said, um, "You know, I was a nurse in Vietnam. I carry no weapons, but I took care of a heck of a lot of 18, 20-year-olds that fought for you mm-hmm. so you could spit on my uniform, mm. and I hope you can live with that. Oh, my goodness. And walked away. Good for you. Oh, my goodness. So... Do you do you carry that? I obviously you carry that memory, but do you carry the feelings with that memory? Well, no, I've kind of I've kind of forgot it in in uh, in later years because because uh, we've really made an effort to, to welcome Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember um, when I first came home. You know, nobody really said, "Well, thank you for serving your country" or or whatever. Right. In fact, I got so tanned, my sister says, you can't go to the front door of your parents' house. You have to go in the back entrance. Really? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I walked I walk through to the front, the front door. To the front door, no lie. And, and my dad saying, and Connie come marching home again, home again. Oh, so, good. So my, my family, uh, my family in a church group, the boy will. Good. Mm-hmm. But um, not... not not the country. I remember like Jane Fonda, you know. Right. Fussing about, you know, we shouldn't be in Vietnam. And right. I still have a problem stuff. with Jane yeah. Fonda today, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't serve, so I don't know what your opinion is, but. Yeah. Um, so, did you, how long did you, once you came back, how long did you stay enlisted? Did you? I, I was in the Air Force for 20 21 years. Year, 20 years. So, you came back here. You had. Came back here and went to the Air Force Academy. Okay. And uh, uh, one of the reasons I, I stayed in the Air Force for 20 years was because I got I got assignment almost every one to two years. And I really enjoyed the travel mm-hmm. and seeing different parts of the country. I think the only part of the United States I haven't seen is the Dakotas and Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and of course, overseas, I was stationed in in Vietnam, so I, I went to Hong Kong and I went to uh, Thailand, and then I later, eighteen months later, I served in Korea. So I I spent some time in Japan. My brother was also in the Air Force in okay. Japan, and uh, and then finally, after ten years, I I, I got to Germany. <laughs> mm. So where of all the places that you've served overseas, where what one was your 
favorite? Vietnam, probably. Really? Probably one of my favorite. I, I grew a lot. That was your first assignment, and it was your favorite? It was my second Second. Assignment. What was your first? Was, my first was at Mather Air Force Base in Sacramento, California. I was there less than nine months Okay. when I went over to, to, to Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, the chief, chief nurse came down the, the wards and said, I need a volunteer for Vietnam or Thule, Greenland. And so I poked the other second lieutenant, and I said, well, let's, let's, it's good to volunteer. Let's volunteer for Vietnam. I don't think you can get over there unless you're a flight nurse. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I knew it took at least four years to get into the flight nurse mm -hmm. program. So we were really surprised. Come, I think we got our orders on December December 24th. Oh, wow. And we were both, both going to Vietnam like the 18th of January. Uh, January. Yeah. Whoa, that was fast. <laughs> that was fast. That was very fast. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had to work like 10, 10 nights, no, 14 nights in a row to get four days off. Mm -hmm. To go home and bring my possessions to my yep. parents, yep, and they'd be then be back in and California back to fly out. To fly out. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, what was your what was your favorite thing about being serving the America? We have thirty seconds. <laughs> um, I I just love uh, being able to to be in many different places and and interact with. Many different people, and uh, I like to think that that uh, all the corpsmen I worked with, the medics, that I was able to teach them something. And uh, you know, one of the, one of the things uh, that I really stressed was when a baby died. Mm. I I would say, don't don't take them to the morgue right away. They need to be held in their mother's and father's arms until mm. they say, "I'm ready They're to ready. let go." Oh, and. Uh, and, 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 I, and a lot of Gorman thank me for, for, for teaching, that. teaching that. But we have to go to break. So thank you much. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call one 888 346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse 7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi, everybody. This is Myrna, and I'm doing solo today because Annette, as I've said before, is having some family issues back in Kansas. And we are at the Grangeville Veterans Center where they serve the vets of this community and other communities also. And their mission is to reach out and establish relationships. And this vet center has been here for three years and it is exploding. They need a new building. They have so many activities and um, they just have, they really are a big support here in Grangeville and in the surrounding areas for the vets and their, um, their families. And right now I have Zeke with me and Zeke, what branch of the service did you serve in? I was in the uh, United States Army Ordnance Corps. Okay. What does the Ordnance Corps mean? Um, well, my end of it was small arms weapons. Okay. Uh, so that I know they do that. Okay. And so how long did you serve? Four years, four months. Four years, four months, huh? Mm-hmm. And so just kind of tell us about um, what made you join the Army? What I, I knew that I was going to go in the Army as long as I could remember. Really? Yeah. Just as a little boy, I was going to be, be an Army. Yeah. Amongst other things. But that was always first. That was always first. Yes. Did anybody, did your dad, did your dad serve or did? Uh, my dad, he, uh, in I want to say he was over there right after Korea. Uh, he was in Germany, and he was part of the uh, voluntary draft back in the early 50s and such. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually served right down the road from where I served in Germany. Really? Yeah. He was at he was at Budigen and Fliegerhorst Kasern, and I was at Armstrong Kasern right in the middle of the two of them. Wow. We were both third armored division. Mm-hmm. Did you plan that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it great that the army planned that for you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That was pretty neat, though. Yeah. I bet in talking with your dad um, that you could share. Well, Dad, did you see this, or this has changed, or be able um, to do that? My father wasn't really crazy about me going in the military, and we haven't gotten around to talking about too much. Oh, really? About I'm now. sorry. No. That's this is the way life is sometimes. Okay. So you were in f- why four months, four years and four months? They extended my tour so that I could uh, uh, finish my deployment in, in Iraq. Oh, okay. So how when did you go to Iraq? I was there the first time around when we didn't finish it. Uh, Desert, I was over there for Desert Shield, Desert okay. Storm, and Kind Provider. And what was the last one? Kind provider. Kind. Kind provider. Provider. Yeah, that was the last one. It's not quite as well known. No, it's not. Uh, It was a uh, humanitarian mission 
it wasn't a combat mission. Can you speak about it? Sure. Uh, that one, we uh, we fed the Kurds. We put out the oil fires. Uh, we tried to put parts of Iraq back on its feet again, and um, we uh, helped clear the the uh, highway uh, coming out of Kuwait. It was a highway of death, and we helped clear it up, and, and the engineers uh, chipped in and and uh, helped to repave it. Okay. Wow. So the highway of death, is that what you said? Yeah. So that means there was lots of um, hidden bombs? and. Uh, there was lots of active fire. I don't know about bombs. I think all the bombs went the other way. Uh, but we, uh, if it was moving, we killed it. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So you were... You were over there a lot then. Um, let's see. Uh, right about a year, just less. Just less than a year. Yeah. For the kind provider. No, no for, for all the whole of it. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. So, what are you? So when you came home, you know, I just talked. We just talked with with Honey, and she was a nurse in the Vietnam War. And when she came home, she did not get a welcome. Mm -hmm. How how different is that? What do you feel like that when you came home? How do you think people, in compared to the Vietnam War, how do you think people approach you? Um, anymore, I, I get approached real well. Um, I don't always wear any kind of, you know, designation or advertisement for the military. But uh, when I do, I get a lot of thank yous. Um, and people very much respect us for what we've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's probably as much, if not more, more so because of what the, the newer generation has done. I mean, come on, how long they've been over there Yeah, forever. Uh, and, um, so it wasn't, it, the public didn't, didn't make it as big a deal as my, you know on my end of things as they have the newer generation and as it should be that i mean these guys are spending thousand days at a time over there some of them oh my goodness yeah or mix up within their enlistments you know and a thousand days is a significant number uh it's that's four years um, or so I think anyhow, um, if it hadn't have been for what Connie and, and other Vietnam vets, men and women went through when they came back, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Uh, they, because of the torment and the disrespect and the humiliation that was piled on top of them for serving their country, then the the lawmakers and general populace, but specifically the lawmakers and the bureaucrats, they wouldn't be inclined to respect my generation the way that they do. I think you have a point there. I think that's a valid point. I've never thought about it that way. Well, if you think about Vietnam vets, you know, who are they now? Yeah. They're, they're district attorneys, they're mayors, mm -hmm. 
their county commissioners, they're running the VA, um, and they're in Congress, John Glenn, uh, McCain, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, they're, they're running things mm -hmm. and they're determined not to allow that to happen again yes. and as it should be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I appreciate the hard work that you did and I appreciate your service. Um, would you do it again, Zeke? Yes. You know, I hear that without hesitation. I hear that all the time that without a doubt, I would do it again. I, oh, there wouldn't even be a thought in my head. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm way over the hill now, but if, uh, if a veteran doesn't stand up in front of somebody who's much more green than whatever happens to that young person that's much more green uh, is on the is on the head of the veteran because we're you learn from your elders and without that there's there's certainly no chain of command there's no uh, personal influences from other people very rarely does someone your own age be a significant influence in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. So when you, because some of our listeners, as we, we, we broadcast worldwide, some of our listeners might not understand when you say, describe it as green. Can you, can you kind of Oh, it's that? somebody that's just, you know, just out of civilian life that goes in. The young men and women are, are wearing lower enlisted rank or nothing on their collar. Um, and, you know, I was... I was a bit of a lost soul uh, when I went in, and if it wasn't for the, you know, the NCOs and the senior NCOs that I that I associated with that trained me, you know, war is an unnatural act, and so being a soldier is a very difficult calling. So somebody has to go before you, because if there's nobody before you, then there's, you know, what we call tradition is simply the lessons of those that came before us. Mm -hmm. And when you're green, that, what that means is it's like a it's like a tree, okay, that's green. You know, it's still sapling, right. and you can bend a sapling over, and it'll stay bent until it's fully grown and dies. Mm -hmm. Well, human beings are the same way, and so you take somebody that's green. And you turn them hard, and okay. that's what gets it done. So the army gave you purpose. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, I I don't like to throw around the I wish word, um, but if if things had been a little bit different, if it wasn't for one sentence that I remember very clearly uh, from a reenlistment NCO, um, I would I would have have retired out of the military. Okay. So that begs the question, what was the sentence? You're coming back here. Oh. And I was not going to go back to Iraq. Okay. Uh, many years have passed. And uh, looking back on it, that might have been a snap decision, but it's the one I made. You're right. And I, I have very few regrets. Okay. And none of them 
have to do with uh, yeah. with so, military service. So, as, how has the center helped you? Um, I don't get out a lot in the public, and this is this is a safe place. Safe place, and you don't have to tell the story if you don't want to. That's right. You can sit down, and Lucky was one of the first people I met. Uh, he's the he's the uh, county. Uh, veterans service officer. Um, he was one of the first persons I, I met and I pulled up in my old beat up truck and uh, parked, it, parked it crooked and he was kind of staring at me and I got out <laughs> and uh, my beard was all raggedy and he looked at me and I said, hey, I hear this is the VFW post and look, he says, yes, it is. And he was kind of standing back away from me a little bit. I said, well, I'm a vet and I need to join up. He says, oh, you are. He shook my hand and walked me through the door. And uh, he actually got my, my got me my first cup of coffee. Good. Uh, and, you know, that attitude is, it permeates this yes. whole place. And this place, different than other mm -hmm. uh, posts that I've, I've been to. I, I didn't join until I got here. Um, you know, the... The community and the post have a symbiotic relationship. That's right, and we have we have to close. Okay. I hate to, I hate to close. I really, really wish we uh, could go on. Okay. I appreciate you serving. I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much for serving for me and my kids and my grandkids and for our our future. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for listening. And we will talk with you next week. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.